0: amen good morning everybody we are in ephesians chapter 3 today ephesians 3 if you turn there and just a couple of reminders when you're packing boxes um don't put chocolate in there because it'll be a mess when it gets there and and don't buy like little guns and little soldiers and stuff because a lot of these countries the kids that are going to be receiving these boxes have had loved ones killed by soldiers and terrorists and stuff like that. So keep that kind of stuff in mind, fun stuff. And if you could put candy in there, throw a toothbrush in there too. You can't? That's it. Hey, how are you? Well, never mind then. No candy. No fun. Forget it. Put some fake candy in there. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. Easy, tough crowd, wow, okay. Okay, well, we're in Ephesians chapter 3. We're, we're finishing up a portion of Ephesians which reminds us of how God feels about us and what God has done for us, what the Father has done, how the Father sees you and me, how the, the Son sees you and me, how the Holy Spirit sees you and me, and they're all in one, three in one. And then as we get to sections, uh, chapters 4, 5, and 6, It's because now that we understand what God has done for us, and we understand how God feels for us, this is how we ought to serve. Because why? Because we have an attitude of gratitude. We are totally psyching on the fact that God has done so much for us. He's made it so easy for us. He's not only saved us, but He's given us the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit allows us to do anything in His name. We are not limited. We have access to all spiritual blessings. All spiritual blessings. If you're walking around as a Christian, you feel defeated, it's because you're not allowing the Holy Spirit to move in your life. You haven't submitted yourself completely to God. If we submit ourselves to Jesus, we submit ourselves completely, the Holy Spirit is going to move and work in our lives. And there will be nothing that we cannot do in His name we have access to all spiritual blessings but many people aren't taking hold of those things god has given you a calling god has given you spiritual gifts are you using those gifts are you answering the call or are you still trying to do things in your own strength in your own power i can't do anything in my own power i mean i could make a mess in my own power and when when i make a mess that's all me when i do something really cool that's all jesus and we need to give the glory for, to him because he will not share his glory with another. Amen? Amen. So let's, let's look at this, this final section as we look at uh, Ephesians chapter 3. We're going to go 8 through 21. Let's read this. And, and this first verse, at verse 8, is a mind blower because keep in mind, this is the Apostle Paul saying this. He says, To me, who am less than the least of all saints. "...to the principalities and the powers in heavenly places, according to the eternal purpose which He accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in Him. Therefore I ask that you do not lose heart at my tribulations for you, which is your glory." For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named that He would grant you according to the riches of His glory to be strengthened with might through His Spirit in the inner man that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints What is the width, the length and the depth and the height to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. And now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be the glory and the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Father, we thank you for the word of God. Lord, thank you for sharing with us how you see us, because we don't always see ourselves the same way. And so, Lord, we pray that today you would strengthen us. Holy Spirit, have your way. Fill us afresh right now so we could receive everything the Spirit has to say. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 I'll tell you what, chapters one through three of Ephesians is, is probably the chapters that you guys should read every every day. Just to remind yourself of who we are in Christ Jesus. Because sometimes we forget. Sometimes we're beat down. Sometimes we feel lonely. Sometimes we feel depressed. Sometimes we have anxiety. Sometimes we have fear. We know that God says, I did not give you the gift of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. We live in a world right now who's trying to uh, uh, insert in us fear. On every single level. And some Christians are buying into it. But greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. God loves you. You're His child. You're His son and His daughter. You're born again. You're saved. You're going to heaven. You're getting a new body. You're going to live forever. We're out of this place. But meanwhile, we got some shoeboxes to fill. Right? Operation Christmas Child. We've got some gospel to get out. We're going to find out that God has given us everything we need To be used by Him. The only thing He won't force us to do is to serve Him and to love Him. He still gives you free will. You still have a choice to accept His calling, to receive His gifts, or or not to. He's not going to force you to serve Him. But if you submit yourself to Him and surrender yourself and allow the Holy Spirit to run your life, God will use you in a mighty, powerful way because you and I are here for one reason. And Nicole told us, it's because we're here to get the gospel out that's it so as we look at this crazy dying world we see the nuttiness that's going on we see people that are fearful i'll tell you what that's a great opportunity when someone's fearful to tell them about jesus to tell them the love of god to tell them about eternal life to be able to be used by god has god used you this week how many spirit-filled christians do we have in here amen How many of you asked for a fresh refilling this morning? That's not a good number right there. You don't even want to get out of bed with asking for a fresh refilling. Okay? See, this is what I'm talking about. We have all spiritual blessings at our fingertips. Everything that we can tap into. I'll tell you what. I ask for a fresh... I wake up in the middle of the night probably 20 times. And every time I wake up, I say, fill me afresh. And I fall asleep, and I say, speak to me in my dreams. And then I wake up, I say, fill me afresh. And then I wake up in the morning, and I get out of bed, I say, fill me afresh. And I'm saying it all day long. Why? Because I need more of Him. And the more I'm filled up with Him, the more I'm pushed out of the way. I need to get rid of Steve and get more Jesus. I want to be used by God. Do you want to be used by God? The first three chapters we saw that how the Father sees us, how the Son sees us, how the Holy Spirit sees us. The Father sees us chosen, predestined, picked before the foundations of the world. That's because of His foreknowledge, Peter tells us. He knows all things. Before you were born, He knew when you were going to get saved. He knew when you were going to receive Him. He knew the exact date, hour, minute, seconds. And He gave you a calling Before the foundations of the world. And then we see how Jesus feels about us. He loved us so much. He died on the cross for us to redeem us. By the power of His blood. And then we saw that the Holy Spirit has sealed us. What does that mean? You can't lose your salvation. You can't. Is is it great? Why? You know why you can't lose it? Because it's not based upon you. It's, It's based upon His promises that no man can pluck you out of his hand. He's going to see you through. It's the enemy that whispers in your ear, Oh, 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 you blew it so bad today. I don't think you're really saved. And how many Christians I've talked to that are like, You know, I don't know, I think I lost my salvation. I go, Really? How'd you do that? Well, maybe you were never saved. Oh, no, I was saved. Well, then if you were saved, you're not losing it because he's able to keep that which you've committed to him until that day. He is going to see us through and the holy spirit has sealed you into the body of christ that's a seal that's a, that was a down payment that was an engagement ring that was that was the earnest that was by by god placing christ in you the holy spirit he says there's your assurance that you're going to heaven because when we get taken out of this world or we pass away it's the holy spirit that brings us right into the presence of jesus i can't wait i don't know about you i'm a little bit excited i mean when i stopped all this week i was just thinking about myself <laughs> in a good way but i was thinking of myself in the sense that god dwells in me are you kidding me i have the i have the most famous person in the universe christ in me the hope and the glory christ in me are you getting this you have god inside you what hello mind blower He chooses to dwell inside us. We're going to see today that, you know, we're going to look at some mysteries. We've been looking at the mysteries. The church was a mystery. The Old Testament believer never saw the church coming. The the Old Testament believer never thought God could bring Jew and Gentile together. We're going to see the, the other mystery that even the angels didn't see these things coming. That The reason the angels are watching you and me is because God is revealing his manifold wisdom through the church. Why? Because you were made in His image. You were made in His image. He didn't make angels in His image. He didn't die for angels. He died for you. Oh yeah, we've, we're in these little clay earthen vessels right now. But we, inside these things is a powerful light and it's called Jesus. We've got the Holy Spirit in us and one day we're going to be transformed into our new bodies and we'll be like Him because we'll see Him as He is. And that's going to blow the angels' minds. The fact that God would do all this for us. You know, i got to think the angels are up there looking down going, you know what, Lord, send us. We can get the gospel out a lot better than they can. i got to think those angels up there just going, I, I can't believe that with everything that you have given them, they're not more willing to serve them. You, you know why I, I, I'm like that—is because I'm always thinking about me. what about me what about my wants? what about me time what about i mean i ain't much but i'm all i think about right isn't that all of us though and we somehow act like if if we give ourselves to god completely that it's going to be boring oh my goodness it couldn't be any more exciting we, we act like if I give myself completely to God to be used by God, I'll never have me time. It'll be the best me time ever because you're being used by God. It is such a great reward. How many struggle getting to church? Just be honest. You're in church. Don't lie. Right. But you never regret it afterwards, do you? Sometimes it's hard when, you know, God says, hey, go talk to that person. And you're like, oh, I don't like that guy. Go talk to them. And then all of a sudden the guy breaks down, gives his life to the Lord. You're like, that was awesome. And then the next time God says, go talk to that person. You're like, no, I don't want to do it. He goes, remember what happened last time? How good was that? Okay, I'll go. If we could just have an ear to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying, and when God calls us to do something or go bless someone or to share the gospel, we just say, yes, sir. Because Revelation 4.11 says that he is worthy and that we are created for his pleasure. That means when I wake up in the morning and I say, fill me afresh, I'm also saying, reporting for duty. What do you got for me to do? I got a whole bunch of plans, Lord, but just come in and mess up my plans. Tell me what we're really doing, right? You can't go wrong submitting yourself to the Lord Jesus Christ. You can't go wrong being used by God. We need to be encouraged. The Holy Spirit transforms lives. Did you know that? You are not what you used to be. Because the Holy Spirit has transformed your life. And the more we submit ourselves to God and surrender ourselves unto the Holy Spirit, the more we're going to be transformed. You know, we talk about all the things that are going on in the world today. We talk about the president and the vice president, and, and I could go down the list. We talk about the mayor. We talk about the governor. A lot of complaining. A lot of people want to get them replaced. And, and um, you, know what we, well, you know what we really need? Is for a transformation we need to be praying for them from the president on down our governors our mayor's our council people that they would get born again if you just take them out put somebody else that, that doesn't change anything unless they're a Christian a transformed life will bring revival to America so you need to focus your prayers on praying for government, praying for politicians, praying for the men and women that are leaders in our country that, they, that God would get a hold of their lives and bring about a true transformation. And I also want to say this too. Can God do anything? Alright, one guy thinks so. Can God do anything? Say amen. Okay, thank you. Oh my gosh, this is what you give me, Lord. (laughs) You ever hear people say that, um, well, I'm this way because I'm a product of my environment? I'm I'm a cheater because my dad was a cheater and his dad was a cheater. I'm an alcoholic because I come from a you know a whole line of alcoholics. It's a disease. Is it? Somebody sneezed on you, you got alcoholism? It's a choice. I hear people tell me that, that uh, you know, I, I'm in a gang because I grew up in a gang-infested area. You know what? That's excuses. That's excuses, because I can't tell you how many people have come out of gang-infested, drug-infested areas and gone on to be very successful. And I've also known people that were born with the golden spoon in their mouth and turned into the most rottenest kids ever. It's a choice it's a choice you can't use it as an excuse God can do anything God can transform your life into a godly man or woman if you yield yourself to the Holy Spirit and allow him to it's a choice God loves you how do I know that you can't blame it on environment you know in Paul's writings when he said Alexander the coppersmith did him evil then you know what he said God get him Well, he didn't say it like that. He said, God will reward him. But I think God get him. That was better. But and then there was Demas. Demas who hung out with Paul. And then he forsook Paul loving the things of the world more. Right. So so these are two guys that if you were going to pick anybody in the New Testament that was solid and a great example and a picture of the environment that you'd want to be in, it would be Paul. Paul. It would be John. It would be guys like that. So, so here we got two guys that walked away from the perfect environment. So don't tell me that you're a product of your environment. You have a choice. The angels, hello, in the presence of God. Does it get any better than that? And they chose to go the other direction, the fallen angels. And Paul, recognizing, and I, and I pray that you and I get this, I, well, I pray that I get this, recognizing what god has done for him is so blown away that he feels why would god even use me from what i did i i killed christians i beat them, i sent them to prison how could god use me he's understanding the grace of god and through that he says in verse 8 to me who am less than the least of the saints this grace was given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. He is so blown away. How could God use me? I killed Christians. I beat Christians. I hailed them off to prison. And in His grace, He not only saves me, but He uses me to go share the Gospel. He says, I'm the least of saints. He said, I'm the least of the disciples. And then He says, I'm the least of saints. At the end of His writings, He says, I'm the chief of sinners. Oh my goodness, think about that. Paul calling himself the least of saints this isn't a false humility because you know what that's like right you, you guys understand false humility you know when someone comes up to you and says wow that was a really great job you blessed me today and you're like oh no no that was just Jesus but in your mind you're like you bet I blessed you I actually say it again oh wait a minute let these people go by and say it a little louder this isn't false humility This is how he really, the more you get used by God, the more you surrender to God, the more you're going to be blown away that he even uses you. And he says, I am the least of saints. I think if we all felt that in our heart, I think God would use us a lot more. But as long as I still think I'm all that, and good thing I'm here, boy, I'll tell you what, stuff wouldn't get done at the church unless I was here. Ooh, be careful, because if you think you can't be replaced, stick your finger in a glass of water, pull it out, and see how quickly it fills. God is looking for a humble heart. I don't even know if we can get through this message. We only got like 10 minutes left. Oh my gosh. In verse 9, he says, And to make all see... What is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning at the ages has been hidden in God who created all things through Jesus Christ to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and the powers in heavenly places according to his eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. Wow that's an amazing part of scripture right there that God uses the church to reveal His manifold wisdom to the angels. And it's not just the angels that are good angels. It's also to the bad angels. And that's why the Bible talks about the angels are watching us. The angels are looking into the things of men. The angels are ministering saints to us. The fallen angels are even watching the church because they, they're seeing God reveal His plan through the church. That they don't even know it. That, and that's got to be mind-blowing. Mind-blowing. You look at the angels and you're thinking, God, you're using these guys, and then He reveals His that He's going to reveal His bride, right? Because Israel, the wife of Jehovah, was Israel, and so now the revealing plan that the bride of Christ, that the church was the the Old Testament saint didn't see the church coming, and not only that, but that God, the angels are blown away that God was going to bring together two groups of people. Two groups, Gentiles and Jews, who hated each other. I mean, they hated each other with a passion. And the angels were like, How are you going to bring these guys together? Well, I'm going to give them the same Father, the same Savior, and the same Holy Spirit. And that's what it took. And then you know what blew the angels away? That God says, You know what? I'm thinking, I'm going I'm to place myself in them. Can you imagine the angels just going, what, we want that? Will you dwell in us? Nope. I'm going to dwell in them because I made them in my image and I died for them. And they're going to be just like me one day because they're going to see me as I am in a transfer, transformed new body, a body that's not going to be able to sin. And at that point, we will be the judges of angels. Crazy to think about. The angels are probably just going, wow. So, like, just going, man, I wish God was dwelling in me. Because they're in the presence of God. They're falling on their faces. They're covering themselves up. They can't believe what they're seeing. And you and I have Christ in us. And we're like, whatever. (laughs) You ever saw somebody that had something and they didn't appreciate it? And you're like, man, I'd love that. Sometimes they think we don't appreciate what we got dwelling in us. Christ, the hope and the glory. How Paul was sharing how God was to bring two groups together. The hope and the glory. You know, when you stop and you think about what He did, it's mind-blowing. And when God tells us to love the Lord God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself, we all say amen, don't we? But do we do it? That's the real question. Do we do it? Because here, here was... God taking Jewish Christians and Gentile Christians and bringing them together. Bringing um, a a treaty, a a, a truce. And they were putting aside their differences and now they were one in Christ. No longer Jew, no longer Gentile. One in Christ. That's a true believer. But see, here's here's what rocks me. Is that you can have two people... Who have the same Father, the same Savior, the same Holy Spirit, the same theology. Read the same book of Ephesians chapters 1 through 3 and say amen to it. And they don't want anything to do with each other. And they call themselves children of God. And that was what kind of what Paul was dealing with a little bit because... The Jews were having a trouble with God saving Gentiles. It was like, really? What? And God says, No, you're no longer Jew or Gentile, you're one in Christ. And see what what was the secret that was hidden was that Jew and Gentile would have to all come to Jesus the same way. By grace. You mean I don't have to do anything? No, just call out his name. Believe he's who he is. And they were saying, that's not fair. That's too easy. Isn't it, aren't you stoked that He made it easy? Aren't you stoked He made it simple? The Holy Spirit dwelling in us, Christ, the hope and the glory. Angels went, what? Holy Spirit is dwelling in those guys? Wow! 1 John 3.2 says this, Beloved, now we are the children of God and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when He... Speaking of Jesus is revealed we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is and everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure look at verse 12 in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in him therefore I ask that you do not lose heart at my tribulations for you which is your glory so Paul's saying listen don't 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 go on a little pity party for me. Don't worry about me. Don't send me letters saying, oh, yeah, I'm so sorry for what you're going through. You're in jail and everything is. No, I'm in here because I did my job. God called me to preach to the Gentiles. I did it. I'm in prison now because I preached to the Gentiles. I did my calling. Praise the Lord. God's got me right where he was. He said he was a prisoner of Christ. He says, I'm not a prisoner of Rome. He goes, don't feel sorry for me. I'm having a great time. I'm writing epistles to you guys to encourage you. I'm chained to Rome. Rome's chained to me. And they can't get away. And I'm leading centurions and and Roman guards to, to Jesus Christ. And they're going back into Caesar's household. And they're sharing the gospel. And, you know, oh, by the way, Caesar's house salutes you. Paul didn't look at prison as a bad thing. He said, I'm right where Christ wants me to be. Because if you're in the will of God, no matter what situation you're in, you're exactly where God wants you to be. Verse 14, he says, For this reason I bow my knees. He busts into his prayer. For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named that He should grant you according to His riches of His glory to be strengthened with might through His Spirit in the inner man. So he tells us that Christ is dwelling in us. And that we should be strengthened by that. Are you strengthened by that? Do you have Christ in you? Do you have love for others? Do you have forgiveness? Is there someone in your life you're still holding a grudge against? Can you let it go? Can you understand that Christ forgave you so much, how could you not forgive? Can you understand that nobody else needed the grace of Jesus Christ more than you? Are you able to bring healing to that situation, that relationship? Paul says, for this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven is named, that He would grant you, according to His riches of His glory, to be strengthened with might through His Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in you, in your hearts, through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the length, the depth, the height, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. He says there that Christ may dwell in your hearts, if we have Jesus Christ in us and we understand that, is He comfortable? Is He at home in your life? The ability to walk with God will be determined by how much you understand His love. The ability to forgive others will be based upon your understanding of how much He loves you and forgave you. And so the question that he puts out here, he doesn't even put out a question, but he says that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Is Jesus Christ comfortable in you? We talked about this a little bit last week. Where you take Him. Is He comfortable where you're taking Him? Right? Think about it. Can God settle down In your life when you say Lord I'm going over here is he like let's go or is he like I don't want to go but I guess we're going is Jesus comfortable in your heart by what you make him see what you make him do and where you go you ever been somewhere or around someone where you felt uncomfortable I mean, you just, you walked into a house or you were at some place, you're like, ooh, this doesn't feel good. You ever been like that? That's the Holy Spirit saying, get out! Or you're around somebody and you just, you just feel really uncomfortable. You're like, that's the Holy Spirit. And so the question today, is Jesus comfortable dwelling in you? Is there stuff that we need to get out of the house? Is Jesus standing outside the door? Is He saying, yeah, I want to come in, but can you clean up that mess first? We have guests. <laughs> the Holy Spirit. Does God have all of your mind? Oh, you had to bring that up, right? Man, we we're doing okay. I was getting through all that, but now the mind, oh. Oh. You know, let me just say something. Temptation is not sin. It's when you entertain it and then you birth it, it becomes sin. That's why the Bible says, take your thoughts captive. Stuff pops into our head, we go, oh my gosh, right? The craziest stuff pops into your head. And you're like, are you kidding me? Does God have your mind? You know, in Ezekiel chapter 8, God takes the prophet to the temple area He takes him to a wall. He says, there's a hole right there in the wall. Dig in that hole. And he's digging. He finds the door. He says, go in the door. And he goes through the door. And what does he find? He sees all these creepy things and idols and pornography and just grotesque, perverted stuff. And he's like, what is this? And he goes, this is the minds of the leaders of Israel. Oh, the priests, the The kings. God wants to take over your thoughts. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4 says this, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God. For the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Romans 12, 1 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Philippians 4, verse 8 says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend what is the width, the length, the depth, and the height. Amen. That's, that's a great verse right there to unpack because what can we know about the love of God? What can we know about the width and the length and the depth and the height of God's love for us? Well, number one, we look at the width, the extent of God's grace. How wide is God's grace? It's as far as the east from the west. The extent of God's grace we read about in chapter 2 of Ephesians, verses 11 through 18. The second thing, the length of God's love. Well, He loved us from eternity past to eternity future. Uh, Chapter 1, verse 4 of Ephesians, chapter 2, verse 7. He he loved us before the foundations of the world. He's going to love us throughout eternity. What about the depth the third thing well in chapter 2 of Ephesians verse 1 he said "And he who made alive you who were dead in trespasses and sins is that the depth of his love we were dead in our trespasses and sins in which you once walked according to the course of this world according to the prince of the power of the air the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and we were by nature children of wrath, just as others. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of His great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. That's the depths of His love. So what's the height of His love? He raised us to be fellow heirs. And join heirs with Christ Jesus. He says something really interesting there, though, in, in verse um, 18 that we may be able to comprehend with all the saints. I don't know if you grabbed onto that. In other words, God is saying in His Word that without the saints, our comprehension is limited. That there's something very special that happens when we gather together here corporately, we pray corporately, we worship corporately, and we're receiving the Word of God. There's something amazing that takes place that you won't get by isolating yourself. In verse 19, he says this, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with the fullness of God. Are you filled with the fullness of God today? Are you filled with His love? If you could be just filled to overflowing with the love of God, you will affect everybody around you. And let's wrap up these verses here. Verse 20. Now to Him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us, to Him be the glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen. To Him. Whom? God. To Him who is able to do what? Exceedingly. Above exceedingly abundantly above all things as we think and ask right as we ask and think can you ask and think a lot of things to God I know I do I know I'm always asking things and I'm always thinking things but look what look at look what he says though now to him who is able able to do what exceedingly exceedingly what abundantly does he stop there no he's able to do exceedingly abundantly and ab- above does he stop there? No. He's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. You are not limited to what God can do in your life. And we're wrapping, he's wrapping this whole thing up. Let's go out swinging for Jesus. Let's just submit ourselves and let Him have His way and watch the power of God move in us and through us by the Holy Spirit. To Him be the glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Everybody say amen.